on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Hater ready at the belt. The pitch struck him out looking ball game over. Brewers come down to Atlanta on Hank Aaron weekend and take two of three from the Braves. Final this afternoon, two to one. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Foley. Good, solid weekend for the Brewers, taking two of three. They get back to 20 games over 500, a 2-1 win today over Atlanta. Welcome into Brewers X Journeys. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so. We're taking you for the next hour and five minutes till 4.30, and uh, you can uh, get at us on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line, the phone number. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Not a great offensive day for the Brewers. They collect just three hits, but they score two runs on three hits. Really, when you look back at this game, a decision by Lorenzo Cain to go first to third on a on a ball that just dropped in, in shallow left field turns into what is really one of the biggest plays of the game. Brewers get solid pitching. It starts with Brett Anderson. He was very, very good. The bullpen, for the most part, does a nice job as well, kind of pitching themselves in and out of trouble at times. And when all is said and done, the Brewers get the 2-1 victory. They take two of three, and now they get set to uh, come home for a three-game set against Pittsburgh that begins tomorrow. Tomorrow night at American Family Field. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And Augie, we haven't seen the Brewers win a lot of games like this. These low-scoring, really tight games recently get an early lead and hold on. But that's what they do today, and they, they, they indeed get the win. You know, it's so unusual when you get just three hits in a ball game, and to be able to win the ball game is is pretty special. You know, and all three hits had were part of score, the scoring. And but what can you say about this ball club? Executing uh, execution plays such a big role. Uh, Lorenzo Cain de- deciding to go first to third on that ball hit by Urias plays such a big part of the ball game. And then Bradley being able to put the ball into play and and driving a run in. But you know, it all started with. With uh, Brent Anderson, he was so good today. And the one thing we talked yesterday, yes, yesterday we were talking so much about the strike zone and missing pitches and all that. Brent Anderson today, early in the ball game, found out that Roberto, Roberto Ortiz was going to give a little, give a little bit on the inside part of play. Not he's not going to call it tight. He's just going to give a little bit. And he went to work and he just threw a ball game, a very good ball game, very efficient, uh, commanded the strike zone, got eight ground balls in the. Five and two thirds innings he pitched, and uh, you can't say enough about about Brett way he's pitched his last four outings. I believe he's somewhere he's two and zero, oh, and he's got a like a one seven or one eight ERA during that period of time. So he's really throwing the ball, and uh, you can't say enough about Brett what he pitched today. He's healthy, Augie, and, and this is the uh, this is the Brett Anderson that the Brewers expected to have. Uh, when they brought him back this year. And when he is healthy, he is able to go out. He's able to pitch to contact. He actually gave up some fly balls today. He, I think he had five fly ball outs, which is a little bit different for him because, um, uh, they, they, uh, excuse me, eight fly ball. And let's check that. 
You know, one box. I, I guess it depends. Fly ball versus pop out because one box score has them with uh, two fly outs. I saw another. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different uh, statistical measures. Uh, but I guess fly ball out, <laughs> pop out. There was there's five of them when all was said and done, and that's more than he normally gives up. But again, he was able to go out there and do a nice job. Three strikeouts. Uh, gets the ground outs like he always does, and this is just somebody that you can really trust to go out there and pitch for you. Well, this is a part when I, when I mentioned earlier that he saw that the, that the Ortiz, the umpire, was giving him a little bit on the inside part of plate. A lot of times when you pitch on the inside part of plate, you elevate the ball or you go in and get, you make pitches that are viable on the inside. You're getting a little bit extra. Those balls are going to be hit in the air because you jam people and the, they get the ball up in the air. He still had the eight ground balls. He was still able to dominate that outside part of plate. And, but being able to understand of when you get in a ball game, if an umpire gives you an opportunity to go to a location to be successful, to go and utilize that was just a, a great way to adjust. And uh, uh, like you said, he's healthy. He understands. He's got thrown that little cutter now. That's a not as big as his big slider that he was throwing early in the year. It's it's a little bit of a tighter, smaller slider, but he's able to locate it. And that was a special day for him today. I thought being able to really make a great adjustment right from inning one and pitch a great ball game. This is what I was trying to say before bumbling and stumbling all over myself. Brett Anderson in the game induced five flyouts or popouts, and that was the most flyouts or popouts in a game for him since last season. Generally, that would not be a great statistic for him because he is uh, a pitch to contact and uh, get ground ball kind of guy, but it certainly did not have a negative impact on him today as uh, the Brewers come away with the victory over the Braves by a 2-1 score. If you want to join us, you can do so. We've got you for the next hour. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win over the Braves 2-1. They take two of three in the series, and now they are set to uh, come home to American Family Field for a series against the Pirates that begins tomorrow. We're back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauly on WTMJ. First pitch to Adamas, a drive out towards right center. Back, still back, warning track, and it is gone. Willie Adamas, a home run here in the opening inning. one nothing Brewers. Brewers go on to knock off Atlanta by a 2-1 score. Brewers extra innings continues here on WTMJ. Want to join us? The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The Brewers' bullpen, for the most part, does the job today. Uh, John Curtis does give up a uh, an inherited runner to score. He's had a little bit of a rough start to his Brewers' tenure. tenure. Uh, the Things got interesting for Brad Boxberger. Things got a little bit interesting for Devin Williams. They each gave up uh, at least one hit, but they were able to work through it. And then it was good to see Josh Hader out there. For Hader, it was his first save opportunity since before the All-Star break on July 8th against the Reds. He had not pitched in a save opportunity since then, and he goes out and throws an inning with a, with a couple strikeouts. Augie, let's start with uh, the newest brewer in Curtis, and, and he struggled yesterday. He just wasn't getting that slider to land. Uh, today he gives up a hit that makes it a one-run game. He gets through it. Uh, you, 
you bring in somebody like that, he's led, there's been kind of some uh, rough waters here in the early going for Curtis. Yeah, it's just about getting his feet under him a little bit. You get to a new ball club, and sometimes you get out there and you want to make too many uh, really good pitches. I noticed the other day that he was throwing that big slider, a big sweeping slider, and couldn't command it. Was fine, uh, getting behind on hitters and then centering the ball in the in the Atlanta Braves took advantage of him. But it was good for him to just get in. He did give up a hit to right up the middle, but other than that, I thought he threw the ball fairly well. It's just you got to get your feet under under yourselves a little bit when you get to a new ball club. And he did that today, but Boxberger was Boxberger. Just he comes out, he gets himself in trouble at times. Really made some really strong pitches to get out of it. And Devin Williams, as the inning went along, just got stronger and stronger. I really firmly believe that we always talk so much about this, the changeup and the and the waffle pitch that he throws, uh, the good changeup that he commands so well. I really believe when when Devin gets out in the game and he can command the fastball and throw it to locations that he wants. Hit, that makes that change up just that much better. And uh, today he used it pretty effectively. He was throwing it a little bit outside the strike zone, but he utilized it a little bit more. And I think as we get along, as he g- gets more command of that fastball, it's just going to make those change ups just that much more devastating. And uh, he threw the ball very well. And, and Josh, I'll tell you what, Josh was Josh today. Really threw the ball well, commanded the strike zone, elevated the ball when he had to, commanded the in, ball on the inside part of plate. And I think the other day was, uh, I thought you brought up a great point. When he went into the ball game, he used all his pitches the other day. He went and checked them out. He used them all in all situations. And today when he came out was a lot crisper and threw the ball very well. Yeah, I didn't even look at this. I'm looking at it on the run just to see, kind of compare the other day to today. So for Hater today, when we talk about his usage, uh, he threw his four-seamer 64% of the time, seven of them. He uh, sprinkled in three sliders, and then he throws just one change-up. That's more, that is the standard kind of usage pie chart, I guess you could say, for Josh Hader, and that was very different than what he did the other day. Yeah, his location, Matt, was so good today. You know, Josh has to stay out. There's a, there's a certain area when Josh gets himself into trouble, and that goes about just a little bit above the knee, just about thigh high, just a little bit around the belt high, and he gets it on the white of the plate. He doesn't pitch to the corners as well. That's the area when he, when he's pitching that he can get himself in trouble. Those are the pitches that hitters really take advantage of him. Today, you didn't see that. You saw him playing, playing on the corners. You saw him throw, throwing that good breaking ball down and really elevating that fastball when he needed to. Much more complimentary of each of his pitches today and had really good, very good command. With Devin Williams, the he didn't have control of the changeup at the beginning of his outing, and then he got it. And when he and that happens sometimes with him for whatever reason. I guess I guess my question for you, Augie, have you being the former major league pitcher and me being the guy who just talks about the sport on the radio, what why do pitchers sometimes need to get into game action to really get a feel for one of their pitches like Williams does sometimes with the change as opposed to being able to get the feel for that pitch when they're warming up at the bullpen? 
Well, I think I think with Devin, it's just a matter of getting game, getting that comfort level. You know, uh, we're, we haven't seen him as many times this year. Uh, getting to that level where he came in the game, and he can really locate that changeup wherever he wants. And I think the one thing that I see with him, and we've even seen him throw a slider. I think last time out, we even saw a couple sliders from him, and he's kind of understanding that he has to develop himself a little bit better. But I still believe for Devin Williams, the strength of Devin Williams is great as that changeup is. It's devastating. He throws it two different ways. He's got one where he throws it with a little bit of movement, a little tighter spin that goes down, and then he throws that, the, whatever you call it, the waffle or whatever it's called. He throws that, and he really gets that good spin. He can start that in the strike zone, and it ends up out of the strike zone. But when he commands the fastball and gets it close to the strike zone on both sides of the plate and gets those hitters looking, saying that, you know what, we have to be looking for that fastball also because he's got a good one. It just makes those, those change-ups that much better but it all starts with getting that good command of that fastball and then what he does he's able to throw that change up and he'll throw the two type of change ups he'll get the one that he gets over for a strike and then he'll come with the real good one that goes out of strikes so and a lot of hitters can't come can't stay back on that and they swing and miss Doug texting in saying it's nice to see Boxberger Williams and Hader in the back three again been a while it's almost automatic it didn't feel automatic today just in the sense that Boxberger and Williams worked themselves into a little bit of trouble. Boxberger uh, did it all with two outs for Williams, uh, allowed a, a lot of base runner there with a hit uh, as he was going through uh, the, the real tough part of, of the Braves lineup. But there is something to be said. Like the Brewers went into the trade deadline wanting to find more relief pitchers that could pitch in high leverage spots, and they hope they have that uh, with, with Curtis and Norris and, and younger guys like a Muscale Sanchez, like uh, a Jake Cousins, and, and even additions during the year like Hunter Strickland have given the Brewers nice innings during the year. But at, at, at the end of the day, when this team is in the postseason, when they're playing tight games, Augie, it's going to be Boxberger, Williams, and Hader for those final three innings. So it's very important as the season goes along that those three guys continue to uh, perform at a high level. Yeah, and they're used on a consistent basis. I think one thing that you do like to have, you like to have the one or two extra guys that can come in and pitch. I think when you look at Norris from the left side, I think he's going to play an important role as we go along. They do have Suter. Suter they like to use in that middle part of the ball game, but I think Norris is going to be one of those guys that can come out, get those lefties out, and, and really be effective and uh, Curtis is we'll see what it does uh, he struggled early we'll see what he does but you have Cousins who's been just been throwing the ball very well it's going to be interesting month of, of August to find out how Craig wants to use this bullpen and again who in this bullpen is going to step up because you love to have Hader Williams and Boxberger every day but that's not going to happen you're going to have to have a mixture of players come in in situations and pitch and it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. Brewers get a 2-1 victory in Atlanta to take two of three in the series. They get back to 20 games above 500 as they sit with a record of 63-43 and after today's victory in game number 106 of the season. We are, uh, we're chugging along. It's August 1st. Somehow we got here. This, see, I don't know about you, but for me, it really feels like this season is really, really moving along. 2-1. Brewers get the win in Atlanta over the Braves. Uh, we will continue on. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line available 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. As the Brewers continue to win, so do the Cincinnati Reds. But the Reds, 
might be chasing the Padres more than they're really chasing the Brewers at this moment. We'll uh, discuss the postseason races as they continue on now as we are into the final couple months of the season. We're back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swing and a bullet hit right into the shift. Luis Urias is right there. Some hard hit. Balls right there against Brett Anderson, but they all found gloves early for Atlanta. Bottom of the first is complete on just eight pitches thrown by Brett. 2-1 Brewers get the win over the Braves. They take two of three. Welcome back in. Brewers extra innings. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Mike in Colorado texting in, and we just heard this highlight. According to the radio crew, Curtis gave up the RBI hit because uh, Adamas was in the uh, ship. No, we didn't hear that uh, call. Excuse me. But anyways, uh, according to the radio crew, Curtis gave up the RBI hit because Adamas was in the shift. Do you think the shift really works more in a positive play or negative results? Seems to me the shift has more negative circumstances and not just for the Brewers. Mike, I really like you. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you when I, when I answer this question this way. But the shift takes so many runs off the board across Major League Baseball, like it's it's not even a discussion to be had. To be quite blunt about it, uh, there are there are defensive metrics out there where it comes to defensive runs saved, defensive runs off the board because of the shift. Yada yada yada. I mean, it is it, it is maybe dozens of runs uh, across Major League Baseball during during the year. It is it has a profound. Uh, positive impact for teams defensively and a profound negative impact for teams offensively. There are times like today where because of the shift, a a hit does get through and you always notice it. It is always incredibly noticeable because the ball is going through at a spot where you feel like there should be a fielder uh, and you don't notice it quite as much when for all the balls that go right at somebody that's in the shift. So I don't know if you feel any differently about it, but but I feel very strongly about the impact that the shift has on baseball and how much it does help teams. Like, there's a reason that Major League Baseball is at least considering banning the shift as a way to increase runs. If it did not have a profound impact on the game, that's not even a conversation that Major League Baseball is having. Yeah, you know, you know, the shifts are put in, in, in where a guy theoretically hits the ball most, and they they go by percentages and how they're pitched. And I think when you look at it, and you might even say think some about Curtis is their shift is done a certain way because the Brewers are going to pitch a hitter a certain way to either a, a, a hitter's not so much his strengths, but in situations they want to go to a certain spot. They, every team does that. This is not just about shifting fielders; it's the way you pitch the ball. It's the uh, pitching to his weaknesses and how he reacts to him and what he's done over the course of a, a period of time and how he swung the bat. But I, I agree with you, Matt. I think when you look at, at at the shifts on the on the offense and defensive side, it's been it's it's immensely the the immense the number of runs that are saved and earned because of the different shifts and how teams play them. Let's go to uh, the phone. Sparky is in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Okay, fellas. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, it's always nice to see the Brewers beat the Braves. Uh, for those of us that were around back in the 60s and 
they couldn't wait to move to Atlanta because they wanted to make more money and they had a bigger uh, TV audience and all that nonsense. And, you know, I don't know if either one of you know this, but since 1970 when the Brewers started playing in Milwaukee, they've outdrawn Atlanta in home attendance. And Atlanta had 13 years in a row where they went to the playoffs. And uh, I think that speaks highly of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin. But the question I have, and, Jerry, maybe you can answer this. You probably can. Um, you know, it seems like today hitters are striking out a lot, but they seem to be striking out on a lot of pitches that aren't strikes. And, you know, it seems like you know, back in your time and even before, you know, there were a lot of guys that struck out, but guys struck out on strikes more than they do now. Do you feel that hitters today don't have a real good, uh, well, I don't know what word I'm looking for insofar as the, the command of the strike zone, but do you guys feel that hitters, uh, Jerry, maybe, uh, Matt, do you feel that these guys, uh, the reason there's so many high strikeouts is that they're really not swinging at strikes. Could you guys kind of comment on that, please? Go Matt. ahead, Augie. Okay. Yeah, okay yeah, cool. I, go ahead, Matt. But, I mean, my first take on it is I think I think the crazy movement on pitches, like, well, I'm not trying to be at all disrespectful to anybody who pitched in previous eras, but, I, you know, like the, the Pitching Ninja Twitter account that shows – just the ridiculous pitches out there and the crazy movement. You know, Devin Williams is a great example. I, I and Augie, please tell me if I'm wrong on this because again, I'm not trying to to be disrespectful to anybody who came before now. But I just think there's a lot more pitches in today's game that look like strikes when they come out of the hand, but then they end up out of the zone after a, a hitter is already committed to swinging. That would be my initial thought on that. I think the, high, the strike zone has been elevated. I think that has had a lot to do with it. And then everybody talks about the launch and the analytics that go with it. And and I agree with you. I think there's a, some pitchers out there where the ball does look different. You're finding guys more consistent. We're talking about in the Brewers situation. Now that they you can go to Arizona, you can go in their lab, and you can understand what your pitches do and how hitters are going to re- react to them. Uh, they didn't have those things back in uh, back a long time ago. You you learned back then. You just learned what the weaknesses are, how you want to, how they should be pitched when they're in situations. How you had to pitch them, and you went about your business. Now it's so delicate. You can get you can get counts, you can get pitches, you can get locations, and I think that really has been that science of pitching has really changed a lot. And uh, now you get the uh, with the you add to that with the elevation uh, of pitches. Uh, uh, it's become just so different that hitters are swinging at a lot more higher pitches. You see a lot more pitches up in the strike zone than you do down in the strike zone. doesn't mean that you have to pitch up to be successful. It just means you see a lot of hitters because of launch and because of the home run and the things that go on in the game of baseball that the pitch up in the zone has been one pitch that's been more intriguing for hitters to swing at as opposed to the pitch down in the zone. So I, I think there's a lot to it. I think pitchers today have an understanding where they can make more quality pitches. They understand because of all the 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 specifics and the science that goes behind it, how they can locate and what they need to be successful. And uh, I think that has a lot to do with it compared to in the past where we didn't have that. The one other thing I would also add to that, Augie, is that strikeouts are not as hated. Now, teams are more, especially for power hitters, teams are more willing to accept strikeouts than they were previously. So it's not a situation where when there's two strikes on you, you're choking up just to make sure you make contact. You're continuing to swing the same way. So I think that probably plays into it a little bit as well. 
Totally agree. I think that's a, a great point, Matt, because you got guys who go up there swinging and for looking for a pitch to drive out of ballpark to make the changing complexion of a game. And But uh, it has changed. We have so much more involved with pitching than we have in the past. And I think that pitchers, are pitchers. I think, have better quality pitches now because of what, the, what goes on with science labs and uh, understanding the analytics in baseball. 2-1, Brewers get the win in Atlanta. They take two of three over the weekend series. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. That pitch grounded to third base. Escobar has that one. Easier play for Rowdy on the stretch. And it's another quick and easy three up and three down inning for Brett Anderson. Brewers get a 2-1 win in Atlanta to take two of three in the series. They end up splitting the season series after the Braves took two of three at American Family Field earlier this year. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. Let's grab a couple uh, text and tweets. At Brew Crew Scott says, uh, where do you see Jace Peterson fitting back in? Eduardo has taken uh, his role, um, and Tyrone's Taylor's bat has to keep playing, right? Yeah, I think I'm going to repeat myself because I say this over and over and over. Like Things just do tend to work out. I think we can talk about this with, like, there's a lot of guys. You have a restricted roster. You have 26 guys on a roster. Once you hit September, that goes up to 28. Uh, but there's there's going to be a lot of roster spots when, when all these guys are available to come back. And Jace Peterson is eligible to come back this upcoming uh, series if he's uh, because he was just a close contact. So he only had to sit out seven days. So as long as he continues to test negative, uh, he'll be set to come back. You would think um, that, you know... Some, Again, you don't want to speculate on, on who's going to go up and, and who's going to go down in, in situations like those, but you would certainly think that uh, so, someone like Pablo Reyes may end up going back to AAA once uh, once Jace Peterson's back. But then you're going to have Travis Shaw and you're going to have Daniel Vogel back. And from a pitching standpoint, uh, eventually you're going to get uh, Cousins back and Strickland back and Yelich is going to be back at some point. Like there's a lot there's a lot more guys than roster spots, and that's something that the Brewers are going to have to deal with. I guess the the really Augie the point of the question though is where does Jace play because he was doing a really nice job when he was playing pretty much every day at second base when Wong was injured uh, it feels like Peterson really needs regular at bats for him to be as productive as soon as those bats started kind of going away he was playing a little bit at first base but then the emergence of Rowdy Telez uh, really restricted his bats and now all of a sudden you have Eduardo Escobar who can play at first when uh, when Telez isn't playing there so it's a I mean, to be bluntly honest about it, it's not a great situation for Peterson because he seems to be the guy that he's going to perform best when he's getting regular at-bats. Yeah, you just brought up a good good problem that they can have is you have a guy who's gone out and done what Chase Peterson has done for this ball club this year, and he could be be an issue of where are we going to play him. The one thing that he has in his favor, number one, he can play a lot of different positions. He's versatile. He's played first, second. He's played third. He can even play in the outfield if he needs to be. But the one thing he's done, those good at-bats, the number of times, his on-base percentage, you know, when he goes at-bats in big times and big games, he's been able 
to give you that good at bad. So it's going to be interesting. And I think you always say it best. It, there, when you have a problem like that, it always works its way out. And I think that's favorable for the Brewers. You cannot have enough hitters. You can't have enough pitchers, especially now when after July 31st or after July 30th, you can't make any changes. You've got to protect your team. You have an opportunity to do something really special uh, uh, the way the Brewers are playing right now. And so what they have to do, you have to have those extra players. Now, will there be a lot of movement up and down? That remains to be seen. But time, like you say, Matt, all the time, things just work themselves out. And I don't think there's been a time when we sat here and all of a sudden things do work themselves out. So it's going to be interesting. they got a lot of good players, a lot of potential guys that they can utilize and use in different areas. It'll be interesting to see the way the way, uh, uh, the, the way they construct this ball club as we get into September. 2-1, Brewers get the win in Atlanta. We'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's after the news, which begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Bottom third of this Braves order shows you a little bit about what some of their issues have been this year. Lined over the glove of Escobar and into the left field corner. Cut off by Taylor. Heredia trying to stretch it into two, and he's going to be in there sliding with a double. Brewers pick up a 2-1 win over Atlanta to take two of three in the series. Brewers' extra innings continues here on WTMJ. Nice performance from starting pitcher Brett Anderson. Gives up one run. It's scored after he was out of the game on three hits, three strikeouts, one walk. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media just a bit ago. Opened up his postgame thoughts talking about Anderson's performance. Yeah, Brett, Brett was, was great today. I mean, on a, on a day where it's obviously really warm out there, um, just pitches with he pitches with such great pace um and you know he's telling you he's telling the other team to hit it um and and see what happens and he's puts them a little bit in swing mode and um kind of tantalizes them and gets ground balls and make doesn't let the ball get kind of hit in the air and and we end up getting a lot of outs and it's it's a fast you know five innings and so he ran into a little trouble in the sixth and um you know, getting Freeman out, uh, we got, you know, we made a nice play or had a guy in the right spot to get Freeman out and got through the inning. Craig, the way that game ordered for your bullpen to get Curtis out there for that final out and then Boxberger, Williams, Hader, that's it, sort of a how you draw it up sort of game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I would have preferred, like, Brett to get through six if, if you're asking how I would have really want to draw it up. But, um yeah, I mean, I think uh, once he got through five, we thought, you know, he'll get some outs, and he's got probably, you know, he'll be able, he's got four hitters to get through Freddie Freeman, and then, and then a, a line of right-handed hitters. So it made sense with Curtis there, um, and then, yeah, and then the, the three guys at the back box, uh, Devin and Josh, did a great job. What about Fox and uh, Devin having to work out of those jams? Each of them had had two on to get out of their innings. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, box was, um, made some really good pitches, kind of different innings box made some really good pitches early in the inning. And then just kind of an innocent hit by pitch and a base hit. Um, and then had a tough at bat, uh, with, with Albies. Was that right? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, um, so that was a little different than Devin just, you know, it was a little odd because two changeups got hit, which, you, you don't see very much, but then he, then he threw some great change ups the rest of the inning. Um, so, 
you know, he got some feedback, made a little from the hitter, got made a little adjustment, and then he, he threw a bunch of great change-ups to, to three good hitters at the end. Craig, this has been so tough the road. Is, is it just because you're pitching so good and that just plays home or away, or is there anything else going on there? Say it again. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, this team's been so good on the road. Um, and I was just, Is that because you're pitching so good and you know, plays home or away, or has there been other things going on that make you so team? No, I, I, look, we've been good on the road. Um, there, there's no, there's no explanation necessarily for it. I don't think. I mean, it, it's we're, we're doing. If, if anything, it's just the, the team's doing what they're good at. Um, you know, we, we we played good defense today. We pitched really well today. Um, we jumped out to an early lead. So, nothing. I, 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 I can't explain it. You know, I, I think this is why you, we shouldn't try to explain things like this, like not winning day games and et cetera. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it's the way the schedule works. And if we're, if you're winning a lot of games, you're going to be winning one or the other, you know. Craig, does it, that was the ultimate Craig of making the most three hits. You had the Thomas Homer. Kane's infield hit in that bloop of our areas that led to the second round, and then that was it. Yeah, it was it was it was a quiet day. We we hit a lot of balls hard early in the game. We hit a lot of balls hard. They they played some good defense early in the game. I thought Solaire made a nice catch. Duval made a nice catch. Um, we, we hit a bunch of line drives, but yeah, we didn't. You know, it was a quiet offensive day for us and. I would mention Low Kane's base running on the second run was really, really impressive. I, I don't think there's very many players, very, there's very few players that end up on third base on that ball. Um, most players are kind of between first and second. It drops, they stop at second. The way he saw that play is pretty special. And then the fact that he was on third base gets us that run. Craig, you. That's Manager Craig Council speaking with the media. I'm glad he mentioned that. To me, that's really it, it. That might be the play of the game. Lorenzo Cain going first to third. That's why I love this game. It's one of the many reasons. But that's one of the many reasons that I love this game of baseball because it's something that doesn't show up in the box score. But it's it, it's the kid with his dad or his mom, her dad or mom, sitting in the stands at Truist Park and. The parent looking down at son or daughter and saying, did you see how that base runner just went first to third? You're not going to see that show up in a box score, but that is the play that results in the Brewers winning this game. That's why I love baseball. It's things like that which make it uh, so much fun. 2-1, we'll relive it in just a moment with the highlights here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. A 2-1 Brewers win over the Braves to take two of three in the weekend series. Brett Anderson on the mound today for the crew. Charlie Morton getting the start for the Braves. On paper, it looked like a good pitching matchup. It turned out that way as well. Although in the early going, you weren't totally sure if that's the way it was going to be. Two outs, top of the first inning. Willie Adamas at the plate. First pitch to Adamas, a drive out towards right center. Back, still back, warning track, and it is gone. Willie Adamas, a home run here in the opening inning. 1-0 Brewers. 
So the Brewers give Brett Anderson a lead to work with. Anderson comes out to pitch in the bottom of the first inning. Gets the first two batters to uh, get some out in uh, Ozzie Albies and Jorge Soler, a ground out and a line out. And that brings up the always dangerous Freddie Freeman. Swing and a bullet hit right into the shift. Luis Urias is right there. Some hard hit. Ball's right there against Brett Anderson, but they all found gloves early for Atlanta. Bottom of the first is complete on just eight pitches thrown by Brett. Yeah, not bad. A very swift eight-pitch inning. How about the second inning? He gets the first two batters that he faces in Austin Riley and uh, then Dansby Swanson. His ninth pitch of the second is to Adam Duvall. That pitch grounded to third base. Escobar has that one. Easier play for Rowdy on the stretch. And it's another quick and easy three up and three down inning for Brett Anderson. 17 pitches through the first two innings for Anderson. That's not bad. In the third inning, the Braves would make a little bit of noise. It all gets started with Guillermo Heredia. Bottom third of this Braves order shows you a little bit about what some of their issues have been this year. Lined over the glove of... Escobar and into the left field corner, cut off by Taylor. Heredia trying to stretch it into two, and he's going to be in there sliding with a double. So a leadoff double. Anderson's got some work to do. He gets a ground out uh, that moves the runner to third. So Heredia at third, one out in the inning. The pitcher, Charlie Morton, comes to the plate looking to make contact to drive in the run. Instead, he strikes out. Next hitter, Ozzie Albies. A one pitch. Ground ball, deep in the hole, it's short, backhanded by Adamas, the throw to first, dug out by Telez on the back end. Oh, Adamas, he can dance, he can laugh, and he can play some short. Moving to the fourth inning, still a one nothing game, nothing doing in the fourth for either team. In the fifth inning, the Brewers get back on the board. The inning gets started with a one-out base hit from Lorenzo Cain, and that brings up Luis Urias. Here's the 0-1. Urias pops it up, shallow left, out goes Swanson, this one is going to fall, a base hit. Kane got a great read on it, he's going to end up at third. And Luis Urias with back-to-back hits, nothing hit hard against Charlie Morton, the infield single, a little bleeder into shallow left. Like I said a moment ago, Lorenzo Kane going first to third on a blue pit to shallow left field where it was in question whether or not the play would be made or not. That might be the play of the game. It also helps uh, cultivate the winning run because Jackie Bradley Jr. does this. Ground ball right side. That is going to be fielded by Albies. Throw to first in time. It's going to get a run across. Great play, Ozzy Albies, ranging far to his left into the hole and in shallow right. Able to throw out Jackie Bradley Jr., but he picks up the run batted in. Kane doesn't score if he doesn't go first to third. Brett Anderson struck out to end the inning. Brewers have a 2-0 lead. That's all we would hear from them from an offensive standpoint. The Braves would get on the board in the sixth inning. Brett Anderson was just rolling, ran into a little bit of uh, trouble, though, there in the sixth. With one out, Ozzie Albies gets a base hit, then a walk to Jorge Soler. That puts runners on at first and second for Freddie Freeman. Leans in for the sign. Freeman waggles the bat below his belt. Now everybody's set. The 2-2. Swing a line drive. Center field. Kane coming on. Makes the catch. Everybody's got to go back. Hard hit ball, but right to Kane. Second out of the inning. That ends the day for Brett Anderson. John Curtis comes on for his second appearance as a brewer. He faces off against Austin Riley. Albies, Soler, the runners. 1-1 coming back. 
Swing and a ground ball hit towards the middle through base hit. Albies is going to come in and score. And it's a 2-1 ball game. With the potential tying run in scoring position at second and yesterday's seven RBI guy, Dansby Swanson at the plate. Swanson 0 for 2, two ground outs. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball hit to right. Backing up Jackie Bradley Jr. makes the catch over the shoulder. And boy, did he make that look casual. Anything but for the gold glover. Yep, so they kept it a 2-1 game going to the seventh. Bottom of the seventh, Brad Boxberger on to pitch. He would get the first two outs pretty quickly, but then two runners would get on against him. He would get out of it, stranding two runners. 2-1 going to the eighth. That's when uh, Brad... Uh, yeah, that's when uh, Devin Williams would come on to pitch for the Brewers. First batter he faces, Jorge Soler. He gets a base hit, but then he strikes out Freddie Freeman. One on, one out for Austin Riley, who gets a hit. Runners on at first and second, and it's once again Dansby Swanson at the plate. One and two on Dansby Swanson. He chokes up on the bat with two strikes on him. Slightly open stance from the right side. One-two pitch. Struck him out with a changeup. Two gone. And it brings up Adam Duvall. 21 pitches for Devin. Needs one more good one. Here comes the 0-2. Struck him out swinging with that airbender. And Williams pumps the fist as he got through it, stranding the tying run in scoring position in the bottom of the eighth. Richard Rodriguez score, throws a scoreless top of the ninth inning, so 2-1 going to the bottom of the ninth, and Josh Hader is on for his first save opportunity since before the All-Star break. First battery faces Guillermo Heredia. He flies out to Lorenzo Kane, and uh, that brings up Kevin Smith. The 0-2 fouled into the glove of Omar Narvaez for strike three. So that's the second out of the inning, and it brings up a pinch hitter in Avery Adrianza. Hater ready at the belt. The pitch struck him out looking. Ball game over. Brewers come down to Atlanta on Hank Aaron weekend and take two of three from the Braves. Final this afternoon, two to one. With the win, the Brewers go to 63 and 43, back to 20 over. The Braves drop to 52 and 54, winning totals for the crew. Two runs, three hits, no errors. They leave one for the Braves. One run, seven hits, no errors. They leave eight, going one for nine with runners in scoring position. Brett Anderson, he picks up the win as he goes to four and five. Charlie Morton, the loss. Pitch is fine, but he still takes the loss. He's 10 and four. Josh Hader, the save, is 22nd of the year. Home run, just one of them, Willie Adamas hitting his 18th of the season. The game lasting a tidy two hours and 38 minutes. Played in front of 33,469 folks at Truist Park in Atlanta. Brewers 2, Braves 1, Brewers back home for a three-game set against Pittsburgh. We'll preview that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 2-1 victory for the Brewers over the Braves in Atlanta. Brewers set to come home. They'll play a three-game series against Pittsburgh. That will begin tomorrow. More about that in a moment. Let's get some scores from around baseball. In the NL Central, Reds win again. They knock off the Mets by a 7-1 score. So the Brewers and uh, Reds kind of stand pat in terms of uh, the game's back perspective for the second-place Reds behind the Brewers. More on that in a moment. Victor Gutierrez got the start for Cincinnati. He pitches well, 7 
seven innings, a run on three hits. He picks up the win, his sixth of the year. Cubs lose in walk-off fashion as they fall to the Nationals by a 6-5 score. Edbert Auzelay got the start for Chicago, giving up four runs on seven hits in five innings. Cardinals knock off the Twins by a 7-3 score. Adam Wainwright picking up his ninth win of the year, goes seven, gives up three runs on six hits, five strikeouts, and one walk. And the Pirates, they lose big to the Phillies, 15-4. So as we take a look at the standings right now in the NL Central, the Brewers 20 games up at 63, or 20 games over 500, I should say, at 63 and 43 are seven games up on the Cincinnati Reds. So seven games back, the Reds, Cardinals 10 games back, Cubs 12 and a half, Pirates at 22. The wild card standings are starting to get a little bit more interesting, though, because all of a sudden the Reds are making up some ground on the San Diego Padres, and the Padres are going to be without Fernando Tatis for a little while. Uh, right now, the Padres holding on to the second wild card. They have a three and a half game lead on the Reds, and even the Cardinals at six games back. Both those teams uh, very much in contention to possibly catch the Padres if the Padres continue to uh, struggle. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but certainly worth keeping an eye on. Tomorrow, Brewers and Pirates. Eric Lauer will get the start for the crew. Lefty, three and four, three point seven eight ERA. Bryce Wilson goes for Pittsburgh. Two and three, five point. 8-8 ERA, 7-10 first pitch, 6-35 for network coverage. Brewers warm up at 6 o'clock, and then Brewers X Journeys with myself and Craig Kishon comes your way after the game tomorrow here on WTMJ.